clench together and get right into the Word of God this morning. Let's do our Bible pledge. Everybody ready? Here we go. This book is the infallible Word of God. Christ is its star, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. This book declares it God loves me as I am, but will not leave me where he finds me. I am not what I can be, but I am not what I used to be. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do, and I can be all that it says I can be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. Please remain standing for the reading of God's holy word. Our Bible text today is taken from Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 27, where the word of God says in the NIV, But to you who are listening, I say, Love your neighbors, I'm sorry, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Verse 29, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back, Jesus said. Verse 31, we refer to it as the golden rule. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Let the church pray. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for your word. God, your word is life. Your word is truth. God, we pray that you'll anoint our ears to hear today and that you'll anoint our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the living God desires to speak into our lives today. Let us not leave here the same way we came. Don't let us leave here, oh God, like we came, but let us leave here revived, refreshed, renewed, set on fire by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And Heavenly Father, we pray that we'll be able to leave rejoicing, knowing that we have been in the presence of Almighty God himself. And we ask these things together in the glorious name of Jesus. And the church said, amen and amen. Before you see to turn around, wave at somebody and say, isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Yes, today we are continuing the final part of what we began last Sunday the title of this two-part sermon series is A Love That Lasts. A Love That Lasts. This is the month of February. The month of February, we emphasize faith and family. The title of today's particular message is this, Doing Unto Others. Doing Unto Others. Today, we are emphasizing the golden rule. The golden rule is extremely important, especially during the times that we are living in today. Kingdom principle is this. Love is not about being with the person you can live with. <laughs> oh my. But it is about being with the person you can't live without. I like that, don't you? There is nothing more fundamental, as we said last Sunday, nothing more fundamental to relationships than the principle of sowing and reaping. 
This is true for our relationship with Jesus Christ. What did the Bible say? The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So if you sow it, as we said last week, you are going to reap it. That is how God has set it up. Again, this is true for our relationship with Jesus Christ. What we sow into that relationship is what we will get out of that relationship. This is also true for our marriage relationships. This is also true for our family relationships. This is also true for all of our relationships. But this is what I have learned over the years, and that is this principle becomes even more true with the people who are the closest and the dearest to our hearts. It's true for all of our relationships, but it is especially true with those who are most important and dearest to our lives. It's in the book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 21 where God told Adam and Eve that the way that they would take dominion over this earth was through the fundamental principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing the seed that God himself had given them to use. Sowing and reaping is also the fundamental method that God has given to us, every one of us, for cultivating quality, long-lasting relationships with each other, especially those, again, who are dearest to our hearts. Everything that you and I sow into our lives and the lives of those dearest to us, get this, we will also reap a harvest from. No question about it. Listen, there are no exceptions to that rule. Absolutely none. We said it last week. I want to say it again for review today. If you plant it, you will reap it. Will you say that with me today? If you plant it, you will reap it. You see, here's the point. When we stop trying, when we stop sowing the seed into our relationships, we stop investing. And friend, when we stop investing the seed that God intended for us to invest into those relationships, we will forfeit a good harvest. You won't forfeit the harvest in and of itself. You'll just harvest something you didn't want to harvest, if anybody knows what I'm talking about this morning. But good seed, folks, will bring forth a good harvest, period. It was the last, the very last truth that we touched on last Sunday that we discussed about investing in God's kingdom. And I want to pick up there this morning, and that is... We reap our harvest in God's timing. You will reap your harvest in God's timing. If you sow it, you will reap it. You can count on that. You, won't, never, you will never have to worry about sowing a seed that's not going to produce for you. But what you do have to worry about as a blood-bought child of God is what kind of seed it is that you are sowing. You see, timing is everything. Now, there are a lot of people who just don't get that. 
There are a lot of people who just don't understand the importance of timing. How many know today that there is a season, as Ecclesiastes puts it, there is a season for everything. There's a time to talk about certain subjects, and there's a time not to talk about certain subjects. You know what? My wife and I, we're still working on this, by the way. She'll, she'll agree with that. But uh, we try to leave church stuff behind at the office whenever we are at home because we understand there's a time and place to talk about those things. But when it comes to our private lives, our personal worlds, that it is good and healthy not only for us as a married couple, but good and healthy for our family for us to leave office issues at the office. You know what? I'll never forget Dr. Paul Kahn preaching a message down at Lee University. Many years ago, I was going to Lee University at that time, and he preached on the subject that I will never forget. And it was very simple. He said, wherever you are, be there. It's that simple. Wherever you are, be there. In other words, wherever you are physically, be there mentally. Wherever you are physically, be there emotionally. Be tuned in to wherever you are. This is why God has us set time aside every week to do what? To come together corporately as a church body and give glory and honor and celebrate the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what? When we're here in church, this is where we need to be mentally, emotionally, spiritually, as well as physically. Do you know why? Because God has a very special anointing that goes along with the corporate gathering of the church. God will manifest, I am convinced that God will manifest his glory in a way here among us as an assembled body of believers in a way that he will not manifest his glory in any other setting. He has a special anointing for the body, the family of God. He has a special anointing for the gathering of his church, the gathering of his people. And I sense that special anointing right here in our midst this morning. How about it? Do you feel what I feel today? If you do, let's give Jesus a hand clap for praise. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him today in the name of Jesus. Good intentions plus bad timing equals bankrupt relationships. Now, I'm going to share a, a, a story with you, a story that happened when I was just a little bitty boy. I was on vacation with my family, and all I was very young, the youngest of four boys, in case you didn't know that. And, but we were in a hotel room, and you know, especially back in those days, it was a special event. It was a special experience whenever we got a chance to spend the night in a hotel because we didn't get out that much. Well, we entered into the hotel room and we were, you know, as little kids, all four of us were running around crazy, chaotic, all excited about being in a new place that we had never been before. And we noticed a device in between the two beds that were there, the two double beds that all six of us had to find a way to sleep in. How many has experienced that before? <laughs> But we noticed a new device that we had never noticed before. And we, we all got over there as little kids and we were looking at it. 
And we found out that it was called the Magic Fingers Vibrating Bed. When we saw that man, we got excited. This is new. This is different. This is going to be a new experience for us. But we had a problem. It cost 25 cents to activate. So you know what kids do? We ran to our dad and we started pulling him by the pants leg. Daddy, please, can we have 25 cents? Well, 25 cents back then was a whole lot more than what 25 cents is today. And so dad did not, did not freely give up that money, but we kept on pleading and we kept on begging. And he finally said, all right, all right, I got a quarter. We'll see what happens with this new device and this new experience. He put the quarter in, which was a real sacrifice, I tell you. Turned the dial, and the whole family jumped on the bed, sat in the center of the bed, and just sat there and waited. And we waited. And we waited. And nothing happened. Well, we started looking at one another, and you know, Dad, he was really getting upset because that was 25 cents that he just wasted Oh, nothing. Finally, as we were all starting to get riled up, somebody looked over at the bed beside us and noticed that it was vibrating like that. And it dawned on us, hey, we're in the wrong bed. And immediately we all jumped up and we piled into that next bed and we were ready for a new experience. And about the time the last person crawled in, remember, there were six of us in this experience. As soon as the sixth person got in the bed, guess what? It stopped. <laughs> and we sat there in utter disappointment. What does that have anything to do with my message? This is the point. Timing... Is 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 timing is important. Timing is necessary. Listen, timing in our relationships is extremely important. I said there is a time to talk about some things, and there is a time that we need to set it aside. There is a time for us to pray about matters, and then there is a time for us to talk about matters. There is a season for everything. Good timing equals God's timing. Because how many know today God's timing is perfect timing? We need to be sensitive to the direction of the Holy Spirit, even in our marriages, of the right timing. We need to be sensitive even on our families regarding the right time. And I'll give you another quick example. My wife and I, we've been looking for a possibility of buying another house closer into the church. Well, we've been looking for how long? Probably years. And we've just never been able to find the right house. And it just never was just what we wanted because, you know, moving is a pain. Moving is a tragedy, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Brother Pastor Steve can probably say amen to that one. It is a real challenge. So it's not, so you, in other words, if we're going to move, we want it to be worth the move. We didn't want to move into a house that's going to be smaller than the one we're already in. We didn't want to move into the house that we were just settling for. 
So we prayed about it, and we prayed about it, and we sought, and we looked, and we searched, and we went from one website to another website, one house to another house. Finally, after several months of searching and coming up empty, we finally came to the conclusion, well, I think God is trying to tell us something. Maybe God is just wanting us to stay put for now. So we had to change our plan. Do you know that sometimes when you're following God's plan for your family, you're following God's plan for your marriage, you're following God's plan for your career, we have got to leave room for God to lead us in the way he wants us to go. Can somebody say amen? Most people don't leave room for God to lead most, most of the time in our marriages and families, we don't leave room for God to lead us as a family. We don't leave room for God to leave us as a husband and wife. We think we've got everything figured out as it is. But the problem is we do things in our timing instead of waiting on the Lord and what the Bible teaches us to do. The Bible says wait on the Lord. Be sensitive, in other words. Be, give God room to lead. Do you know how we do that? We give God room to lead in our families and in our marriages and in our careers when we take the time to pray about it, when we take the time to talk to God about it. Do you understand today that our relationships would more, I know our relationships would suffer less turbulence less issues, fewer problems, and smaller mountains if we will take the time to talk to God and let God be God over our homes. Can somebody say amen? I said leave room for God to lead as a family. Trust God's timing in your relationships, not your own. Words matter. What we say and what we don't say matters. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 and following, the word of the Lord says, A man's belly shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be satisfied. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. He who finds a wife, husband, you better say amen there. I'll give you another chance. He who finds a wife, oh, somebody ought to be running around the building right now shouting glory. I said, he who finds a wife. <laughs> Is that okay, wives? Do they do all right? He who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. Do you know that every good relationship became a good relationship because good words were invested into that relationship? I'm talking about the power of the spoken word. I'm talking about words mattering. Words matter. Words are seeds that are sown into our relationships. All of our relationships. Do you know, I was teaching a leadership class here at the church several months ago. 
And one of the things that we talked about and that is so important is that you know that it has been my experience that I typically get out of people what I expect out of them. When I treat people the way I, for lack of a better way of putting it, the way I want them to be, the way I want them to treat me, in other words, which is what? The golden rule. It's what we're talking about. Do, the golden rule says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What the Bible is teaching us is to treat people with the respect, to treat people with the love, to treat people with the decency. Oh, somebody needs to help me preach here. This is good stuff. To treat people with forgiveness, to treat people with compassion, all the things that we want them to treat us with, we need to do likewise to them. And guess what? The Bible says we need to do it unto them before they do it to us. Because the way we treat people is the way people, sooner or later, will begin to treat us. Now, they may not do that immediately, but you just keep on doing what the Bible teaches you to do in our relationships, and guess what? You're planting the seeds. And if you're planting, sowing the seeds, guess what God promises us? We're going to reap the harvest in his timing. You see, if you tell a child that he is no good, and I pray you never do that, but if you tell your child he is no good and that he or she will never amount to anything, one day that child is going to start believing what you are saying, especially as their parent. If you make negative, degrading comments to your spouse, over time, nobody say amen to that. Y'all just look straight ahead. Look straight at me. Don't get yourself in trouble this morning. But if you make negative, degrading comments to your spouse, over time, that negativity will manifest itself in our homes and become the poison that drains the joy and the happiness right out of our marriages. Now you can say amen. Negativity attracts demons. Negativity attracts demons like trash attracts flies. <laughs> I'm going to ask you something. I really wasn't intending to ask this, but it came to my mind. I got to believe it's God. What has your house been smelling like lately? <laughs> That's a loaded question. Ask yourself, what does your, how, what, how has your house been smelling like lately? And I'm not talking about the trash. You can take out the physical trash but still be hanging on to spiritual and emotional trash in your home that's going to stink the place up. And I got news for you, friend. It's a hard time having a good time in a house that stinks. And we can stink it up real quick with our bad, soured attitude. Now, I know I'm moving on. I'm somebody saying, move on, Pastor Todd. I am. I'm going to say one more thing, then I'll move on. Negative thinking leads to negative words. 
Negative words lead to negative attitudes. Negative attitudes lead to a negative atmosphere. And a negative atmosphere will become the breeding ground for demonic activity in our homes. Whether we believe it or not doesn't matter. Are we giving the devil ground in our families? Are we giving the devil ground in our marriages, in our relationships? Let me tell you something, and this is another free one here. Tarot cards, Ouija boards, psychic connections are all tools of satanic influence that will allow the enemy to wiggle its way into our thought life and influence our way of thinking, which will have an adverse effect on every relationship in our lives that mean anything to us. Substance abuse creates an atmosphere of abuse. Because substance abuse is a byproduct of a lack of temperance, which is one of the fruit of the Spirit of God. Temperance, which is self-control, is necessary because it is something that allows us to keep order in our marriages, to keep order in our homes, to keep order among our children. And guess what? We serve a God of order and not a God of chaos. God doesn't want the chaos of sin to take hold of our homes. Can somebody say amen? And the best thing that you and I as mothers and fathers and as husbands and wives can do is to kick the devil out of our homes by allowing God to restore his order in our households. Can somebody give God praise in the house this morning? But why are our words so powerful? We know our words are powerful because we are made in the likeness and the image of God himself. We celebrate the word of God. God spoke heaven and earth into existence. He said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. It, it was so. That's the power of God's word. Because we are made in the likeness and because we are made in the image of God, our creator himself, God also gives us power in our words. The Bible says that there is death and there is life in the tongue. There is death and life in the very words that we speak. Understand, you possess more power than what you can even begin to understand. That is power to speak life into your relationships. And that is power to speak death into your relationships. The question we must ask ourselves is this. What kind of seeds are we sowing with our words? Because the words that we speak are words of declaration, whether you realize it or not. And the declaration will bring to pass the manifestation under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I said there is power in the words that we speak, especially as children of God. Because every word that we speak is a seed that we sow and every seed that we sow has the blood of Jesus Christ to fertilize it to bring forth a mighty harvest. What kind of seed are we sowing will determine what kind of harvest that we will be reaping. Somebody give God praise in the house this morning. 
How are we using the power that God has given us to use? Everybody is influencing somebody without exception. You may feel like you don't have much influence on anybody, but it doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you. You're going to influence in your lifetime on this earth at least 10,000 people from the time that you are born into this world to the time that you pass on to eternity. 10,000 people, that's for the most introverted of all of us. Listen to me, this is what I want you to understand. Whether we choose to go to heaven or whether we choose to go to hell, listen to me, we're going to take somebody with us. I want that to sink in this morning. Whether you choose to go to heaven or whether you choose to go to hell, you're going to take somebody there with you. That's the kind of power. That's the kind of influence. That's the kind of anointing that the Holy Ghost has placed on every single one of our lives. I want to say what Pastor Price would tell us all the time. God has not called International Community Church to be an audience. God has called International Community Church to be an army. More so today in this hour than ever before. Somebody put your hands together today and give Jesus a hand clap of praise. So what are we speaking into our loved one's lives? What are we speaking into our spouse's lives? What are we speaking into our children's lives? What seeds are we sowing into the lives of the people whom we love the most? Words can cut deeper than any knife. Words can cause more brokenness and inflict more emotional damage and harm than any sword could ever possibly do. You know what? We understand what getting over a broken arm is about. But friend, when we speak words that bring harm, that's, that the devil will use as poison into the relationships that mean most and matter the most to us, friend, that wound will last a whole lot longer than a broken arm will last. That spiritual room will cut very deep even to the very soul of a person's existence. That's the kind of power that God has given to us in the power of the words we speak. But friend, I want you to understand when we tell our loved ones, hey, I love you, it's not a waste of words. When we tell our loved ones, hey, this is, you mean so much to me, and I'm not just talking about our spouse, although it's true for our spouse. It's also true for our children. It's also true for our parents, kids. It's also true for our siblings. Hey, I love you. When we speak those words, those words will not come back fruitless. Those words will bring forth a harvest of love and acceptance and forgiveness. You don't have to be perfect for your loved ones. They already know you're not. And so does God. But guess what? God loves us anyway. And that's what makes families so special because families are governed by an unconditional love that only comes from the heart of heaven itself, from the heart of God's throne. And that same unconditional love is what makes a home a home. A broken arm will eventually heal, but a broken heart may never properly heal. We must respect the power of the words we speak. Let me share this, Proverbs 15 and 4, which says, The soothing tongue 
is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. I want to say this before we pray. Every good relationship has good words invested into it. Every bad relationship either has no words invested into it or it has destructive words invested into it. Let me tell you something. Silence can speak volumes. Silence, somebody needs to hear this. Silence can speak, silence can speak things into our family's lives that we don't have a clue that we're speaking. Silence will allow the devil to step in. And, and, and I'm going to put it away. I want, I want to say this right. Just because you're not talking to him doesn't mean that somebody else isn't talking to him. Moms, dads, that's all right. Go ahead and give Jesus a hand clap of praise for his word. Moms, dads, spiritual leaders, even if we're not talking to the people we love the most and sowing seeds of love and, and encouragement and, and compassion, building them up and rather than tearing them down, I want you to know who is talking to them. The devil is. And I mean that. If we're not talking to him, I tell you who is. That's the devil. And the devil is telling them that they're no good. The devil is telling them, telling our daughters, you're not pretty enough to make it in this society. You got to be picture perfect. You got to look that woman like that woman on the cover of that magazine to be accepted and to go places you got to have the right color of skin to go places in this society. That's what the devil will tell you. But I want you to understand something today, that we need to be the voice, the voice that reminds our children, the voice that reminds our loved ones, the voice that reminds our sons and daughters, hey, you are, son, you are a son and daughter of the Most High God. You are royalty. And that you are so special that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave his life for you on the cross of Calvary. Somebody, somebody give God praise for the cross of Jesus Christ this morning. Here's the point, and I'll ask Pastor Steve if he'll come around and play this morning. When our words change, our relationships will also change. So if you are not happy with your relationship with your spouse today, try changing your words. Again, we were made in the image of God, and when it comes to our relationship, and this is what I'll end with, the proclamation determines the manifestation. Will you say that with me? The proclamation determines the manifestation. One more time. The proclamation determines the manifestation. Will you stand with me today and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come before you today in your love and mercy and grace, thanking you for who you are. Thanking you, God, for your anointing, for your power. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of family. For the gift that you have given to us, Lord, I say this out of all sincerity. God, you express your love for me through giving me my wife, Missy. God, you expressed your love for me and Missy when you gave us our children. I'll never forget the day my children were born. I looked down for the first time and laid eyes on that little baby infant, so helpless. And I had so much love swelling up in my heart, I began to cry. Grown man crying like a baby. But that is when the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, now, now, now you can understand how I feel about you. You love us with an everlasting love. And today I want us to pray. And I know you're probably going to think I'm crazy, but listen to me. I want us to pray today as a church body. Last week we prayed for our families. We prayed for our spouses. Well, today I felt led of the Holy Spirit for us to pray for those who have brought offense to our lives. Yes, you heard that right. I want us to pray. Are you ready for this? I want us to pray for our enemies. Because there is something about when we pray for our enemies, when we pray for those who have brought offense into our lives that releases the anointing and the grace of God into all of our relationships. And guess what? When we do what the golden rule teaches us to do, and we forgive the unforgivable, and we choose to love the unlovable, that God releases His healing grace in our lives, in our families. And as we forgive others of their sins, guess what God does for us? He forgives us for ours. So I want us to bind together. Now look, I'm serious about this. I believe the Holy Ghost wants us as a people to do this today. I want us to pray right now. Pray in your own way. Don't wait on me now. Don't wait on me. I want you to pray in your own way. And I want you to choose a person who has offended you lately. And I want you to pray for that person. I want you to speak their name to God. In the name of Jesus, right now, let us pray to Heavenly Father. Lord God, you see us where we are. God, you know that we are mere humans today. God, you know we have feet of clay this morning. And God, you know that offense comes. Lord Jesus, your word teaches us that offense would come. But Lord Jesus, we know that if we will exercise the golden rule, that if we will exercise forgiveness, I'm talking about exercising forgiveness for our spouse. I'm talking about exercising forgiveness for our dearest and closest loved ones. I'm talking about exercising forgiveness for those people who hurt us and backstab us on our jobs and they gossip about us behind our backs. Lord God, as we speak their names today in prayer and we ask you, God, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done to me. 
Father, forgive them for the hurt that they have brought into my life. They don't understand how deeply that accusation, that, that lie they told on me, that gossip that they spread about me, that, that harsh that harsh criticism that they spoke to me the other day, they don't know how deeply that cut to my heart. But Lord God, I choose to forgive in the name of Jesus Christ. Forgive them, Jesus, for their trespass against me, even as you, Lord God, have forgiven me of my trespasses against you. Have mercy on them and give me the grace and give me the power and give me the will to speak forgiveness for that offense. I forgive them. I want you to say that with me today. Say it out loud. Say, I forgive them in Jesus' name. I forgive them in Jesus' name. I put it under the blood of Christ because through forgiveness I find life. Through forgiveness I find healing. Through forgiveness I find peace. Through forgiveness I find joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory that comes when I choose to do for others, Lord God, what you yourself have done for me. And I do it now in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen and amen. Can we put our hands together this morning and give Jesus a hand clap of praise? <laughs> I just want to say one more thing before we leave. Now, when church is over, don't do this. Don't go to somebody as you're walking out the door and say, Hey, brother, I prayed for you today. <laughs> Wives, don't tell your husbands on the way home in the car, hey man, I, I want you to know, I prayed for you today. Don't do that. I had this terrible nightmare that I'm gonna have 10, 15, 20 marriage counseling sessions this coming week because you're doing what the pastor told you to do. No, no, there's some things we need to keep between us and the Lord, if you know what I mean. But God bless you this morning. Thank you for joining us today. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord. God bless you. We love you. Let's pray a dismissal prayer to God in the name of Jesus. We pray that your word will serve as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. As we leave here today, let your word go before us and teach us the path that you have chosen for us. Bring healing and wholeness to our relationships. Bring forgiveness and grace to all of those that matter the most in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And the church said, amen. God bless you. We love you. You are dismissed. Amen and amen. <laughs>